Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is dealing with difficulties. Ten years ago this August, I was living in Elk River, Minnesota, and Farmer Dean was living on his farm outside of Benson. After our fabulous wedding, there began a series of difficulties. I couldn't find a job near him, and he couldn't find a job near me. But we were married. Uh Uh-huh. Difficulty number one. Then it got more complicated. I owned a sweet little grandma house from 1960s. Once I did find a job, I had to sell that house. Farmer Dean had a mobile home he needed to sell because if he was moving in with me and I was moving to the lovely middle of nowhere, at least I wanted to pick the house I was going to live in. Two houses to sell, a new job, and then my daughter, Janessa, would need to start 12th grade right here at the high school. It was not easy. Some days I'd sit down and cry. Some days I'd call my husband and we'd wonder how it was ever going to work out. On days when I had no patience and little faith, Dean stepped in with help. On days when Dean had doubts and lots of questions, I'd step in. And through it all, little by little, step by step, things fell into place. We relied heavily on God. We depended deeply on each other. We listened to friends, asked for help, kept our eyes on solutions, and the difficulties were met head on, one by one. The result? I moved here to Benson, Minnesota, a place I fondly deemed the middle of nowhere. We sold our separate houses to people who were absolutely thrilled with their purchases. I got a job at a church in Wilmer, a neighboring city, as their worship director, and I met many wonderful friends. Janessa went to school in Benson right here and ended up at Ridgewater for a year and then the University of Morris for three years, and that's where she met her husband, Peter Grossman, while at school. The difficulties made us stronger. They were painful, let me tell you. There were times I wondered what I was doing and if I was going to live through all of that stress. There were days I wondered if God had forgotten me. And then there were days where I just gave in and accepted the trouble, praying, praising, and hoping for a better outcome. And through it all, well, I found out something about myself. I had found the most wonderful person in the world. I'd opened the doors to God for a new job, a new home, and a new life. And the middle of nowhere became something really fabulous. Yes, it became the somewhere really fabulous. It seems the difficulties in life can lead us on a path to learning and growing, helping and encouraging, and in God's economy, well, the pay-it-forward system Living what you're learning and helping others to learn from your troubles is exactly what he wants. Well, today on our show, I want to welcome my friend, Sarah Lundquist. Sarah's a wife and mom of two children and recently received the Hearstrong Champion Award from Hearstrong, an organization that strives to shatter social stigmas and change the perception of hearing in today's society. Each day, Sarah struggles and triumphs over hearing loss. And the reason I love Sarah and find her so inspirational is because she is real about her disability and has a passion for others who struggle with hearing loss. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Kathy. Sarah, when did you first begin to struggle with hearing loss and was it a gradual thing or did it come upon you quickly? 
Kathy, I was the child that had ear infections constantly as a child. Always had a medicine in the fridge. Always had tubes in my ears. I had them more than a dozen times, which causes a lot of scarring. Looking back as a child, I know I had bad hearing. I never could hear someone whisper to me. Other things like that. In college, I pursued a communicative disorders major, and it was confirmed then when my audiology professor did a hearing exam on all of us. I was pulled into the office, and hearing aids were brought up at that time. I was 19, 20, Mm. pushed it off. Did not want to do anything. Kids and people with glasses, cute. Hearing aids, not so much. So the only people that knew in college was my boyfriend at the time, which is now my husband, and my roommate. I told my husband I thought he'd be shocked. And he said, well, it's pretty obvious when you answer questions completely wrong of what I've asked you. (laughs) So it was um, the last couple years it has sloped down. And I started noticing I didn't hear my kids as well. Work was a lot harder, things like that. My husband again asked me to maybe be real with myself and get back into the doctor and see what has happened. And yes, it did definitely go down. So now I'm at a moderate severe loss. And what that means is most speech is gone unless it's really loud. Um, Things my family find fascinating is that rolling thunder we hear before a storm. I don't Mm -hmm. hear that. Don't have to be scared by that. Don't have to be scared unless it's that earth-shattering, house-shaking kind. My vacuum is just kind of a low hum now. I Mm. don't hear that things anymore. And Sarah, I don't hear my vacuum at all because I haven't been vacuuming. So there you go. (laughs) There you go. So you just have to just pretend that. Exactly. And uh, one other thing is I have a mixed loss. I don't know if you know there's two or three different kinds of hearing loss. There's sensory neural, and that would be nerve damage. And then there is a conductive loss. And that would be your outer or middle ear. And my eardrum doesn't really work anymore. Those three little bones in there mm-hmm. are calcified from the infection. So I have a, considered a mixed loss, which is both. Okay. So as you've had to deal with this for many years, obviously, um, you know, just talking about being a little girl and growing up and having infections and all of those things that we kind of dread as parents, you think, oh my goodness, oh no, not the ear infection. Um, did you ever get to a point where you just felt mad? resentful at God, you just wanted to say, how come me? Why Why do? Why am I going through this? Why, why is this happening? No. Really? No, I don't think I was ever mad or resentful. With this last drop a couple years ago, it was more fear. Okay. A lot of fear is I could deal with working, I could deal with having children, having a job, graduating from college, everything at this level. But now when this dropped and you don't hear speech anymore, mm-hmm. that's a whole other ball game. Exactly. And so the I think that first week when it really hit me, I don't think I slept at all, but there was a lot of prayer during that point. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of acceptance, faith that I'm going to get through this, things like that. So I lost a lot of sleep with worry, but I was always faithful. It would be okay. Good. What has given you the desire and courage to learn to accept this challenge and face it with determination and a positive attitude? Because week after week, you come out to our little church in the Grove for our women's Bible studies, Wednesday mornings at 9. And the thing that I love about you, Sarah, is that no matter what you're facing, no matter what, what's happening, um, you just always have a really positive attitude. And I know that there have been times where you and I have talked about it's hard to hear some of the ladies when they you know, have a response to us, but you have an incredibly positive attitude. I think my main thing was, is I did not want to be that shy person that did not get involved in anything anymore. And I think a big part of that was when you can hear something, 
you don't want to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do that anymore. And getting involved was the way to do it. I started my blog. I started writing. I joined your Bible study. Absolutely loved it. It was uplifting for the next seven days until you could go again. That's great. Um, I joined the Say What Club, which is an international group for hearing loss. And now I am a volunteer with them. I also blog with them. I joined CCAC, which is for captioning. And, you know, going to a movie with your family and you can't hear what's going on in the movie. It's not so fun anymore. Mm, that's right. So there needs to be captioning places. Everything from a bus depot to the movies. And just meeting other people that were deaf and hard of hearing, which is a huge difference. Mm, I'm sure. A huge difference. You no longer feel alone. You feel like you're part of a community. You can yes. either hide or thrive. And I wanted to pick the latter. Oh, I love that. So Sarah, just educate yourself with knowledge, connect with yeah. others. You can either hide or thrive. That's wonderful words of advice. Because one of the things that I think that you're saying that I love is that if you were at home by yourself feeling sorry, which I think many of us do when we have different things happening that are negative, then what is what good is that? You know, it's not doing anything. No. So I love that you decided to take this disability and turn it around for good. You're finding great places to serve. You're finding friends that understand. You're finding, I think, ways that are, um, you know, enlightening to the rest of us. Because really, I walk down the street to the movie theater here in town, and I walk in, and I never think for a minute about the fact that I can't hear. And you know, here you're just saying how frustrating is that? And so I love that you're enlightening all of us. Well, listeners, if you're just tuning in tonight, we're talking with my dear friend, Sarah Lundquist. Sarah suffers from hearing loss and has this wonderful determination to encourage others from her blog called Musings of a Mama. Sarah, if someone's out there listening tonight and they struggle with a disability, what's one thing that you can tell them that would bring encouragement to their spirit? Uh, I think everyone has a purpose in life. Everyone has a place. And I think becoming out and letting people know about hearing loss and trying to get that social stigma erased, my life feels much more full. My marriage feels stronger. Just things in life just seem to be falling in place. So during those sleepless nights when I spent them in prayer, it's amazing what doors open when you find your place, you find people that you are alike, and you find where you belong. Hmm. So tell us a little bit about this award that you won. I was so proud of you. I know it was like a year ago, it wasn't it? It was about it? a year ago, yes. And what happened? You were writing these blogs because Sarah writes these encouraging blogs. Sometimes she kind of weaves in the fun things like recently it was about your family vacation. Yes. But you do talk a lot about the fact that you know you have this hearing disability and, and you encourage others. What happened through that blog? I had written a blog piece called Life as a Hard of Hearing Substitute Teacher. And that's what I do here in town is I substitute teach. And I ended up getting this email from EarQ, which is a company out of Syracuse, New York. And they had stumbled across the blog and they have a nonprofit off of their company called HearStrong. And it is honoring people that have tried to smash the social stigma of hearing loss, um, encourage people that may have hearing loss to get in, get checked, do something about it, not the end of the world. And uh, um, I drove to the cities with my daughter and a friend of mine and presented an award. And 
it was a wonderful, wonderful day, and now I have an award and a medal hanging in my Yay. house because so of it. Great. And yes, it was just a year ago in June, so it Good. was a neat experience, okay. and it'll be a memory I always Congratulations remember. Congratulations on that! I love that. So, Sarah, I love it because you sent me an incredible website, um, and I just want to talk about that for a minute. It's for people who are, you know, have hearing loss, um, and I loved it because I'd never even you know, stumbled across a place like this. What they said on this website, and what's the name of it, Sarah? It The website is www.aidthesilent.com. Aid the Silent. So A-I-D, thesilent.com. And they said on this website that 98% of deaf people do not know anything about Jesus. They, they are not involved in church. They don't know Jesus as Savior, 98% of the deaf people. And what I found interesting about this also, this wasn't worldwide third country, you know, third world country. Yeah. This was here in America. Exactly, exactly. And I thought, wow. So I just want us to be aware of that because, you know, it's something that we don't think about. We don't think about different disabilities unless we have them. And so I'm so grateful today that my friend Sarah is here, that she's talking about this. And again, I think one of the greatest things that you said to us is to really think out, think out past your disability, think out past your own mind, that kind of miserable, self-sorry mode get up and get out and help other people and see what we can do. And I want to encourage our listeners tonight as well. If you want to check out more about Sarah Lundquist, you can go to her website, which is www.awesomemama.com, but it's A-U-S-O-M-E-M-O-M-M-A.com. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here today. I'm so encouraged. Thank you, Kathy. Speaking of encouragement, I want to welcome to the show my friend and former worship leader for my ministry, Dave Herring. Dave is a worship pastor for the Point Church out of Charlottesville, Virginia. Hi, Dave. Hey, Kathy. I am so excited that you're here. First of all, I want to thank you for being a wonderful encouragement to the startup of our ministry, Best Life Ministries. Listeners, Dave is not only an amazingly gifted songwriter, worship pastor, husband to the beautiful Amanda and daddy to the darling Elijah, but he's a whiz at anything technical, and I really mean that. Dave helped us with the basic setup of our ministry and was a tremendous supporter. So, Dave, thanks so much. Uh, Thank you. I miss doing it. Oh, well, we miss you. Dave, as a gifted musician and lyricist, you have written some incredible music. I love it. I've got my Dave CDs everywhere. Songs that we play right here on our station are included in that description. Tell us where you find your inspiration to write meaningful lyrics for your songs. Um, well, I have a, like I'm, I'm mostly pastor and then, um, then worship leader. And so I, I really, my heart is for the church. And so a lot of times when I'm writing songs, I'm trying to write from a place of the church that I, that I sense the church is needing um, to sing about or to, to, or to hear from. I mean, one of the purposes of songs in Scripture is to teach. And so um, my heart is really for the church, and so a lot of the inspiration for my writing truly comes from what I feel the church needs to hear or what the church needs to say, um, things that the church is feeling. So I, I try to keep myself very in tune to the local church um, when I'm writing songs. 
So, Dave, I think that's such a great idea because as a former worship director, you know, if you keep the pulse on, you know, checking who they are, what they're needing, how they're feeling, you really can write towards that. And that will really Mm -hmm. be an inspiration for people to be singing. Uh, Listeners, Dave and his wife, Amanda, just celebrated their son's first birthday yesterday. I just asked him about that. And since we're talking about dealing with difficulties today, um, Dave, I wondered if you would be able to encourage our listeners and let them know what happened with you and Amanda. Because, you know, as a team, friends of yours, we were all praying when you guys had difficulty yeah. with some infertility. Tell us a little bit about that, because obviously Elijah's here and God took care of it. What happened? Yeah, so Amanda and I got married. Um, we just celebrated five years. And after about our first year of marriage, we, you know, we're going to start trying to have our family, and um, we tried, and after a year of trying, we never got pregnant, and so we began to see um, a fertility, a doctor, and, um, you know, my wife, turns out, had a uh, pretty severe PCOS, and our doctor was pretty discouraging as to the fact that we wouldn't be able to conceive naturally, and um, that was one of the most difficult times, I think, of our, of our life, is is just facing that reality that we're not going to go to have children. But God, through that, led us towards kind of pursuing adoption, and uh, we began to pray about that. We took some adoption classes. We began saving for adoption, and then God um, opened a door for us to, to move, and we were really pursuing domestic adoption, which is very state-specific. And so we relocated, and while we were in um, Arizona, where we lived briefly, to, as I was uh, working with a church briefly out in Arizona, um, we met a doctor at that church that, if you've ever seen this famous viral photo of an in, like a, a baby uh, reaching up and grabbing a doctor's hand out of, like, while the doctor's performing a C-section, um, that photo's been very popular, gone viral. Um, anyway, that doctor, who is a, like, world-class fertility doctor, um, was out in Arizona, and he, we met him through some friends that... He was able to get us. It was just so crazy, Kathy, because he, we met with him. We told him our story. He prayed over us. I mean, he prayed over us. Then he wrote us a quick uh, plan. And three months later, we were pregnant. <laughs> it was wow. incredible. Wow. We had just moved to Charlottesville in September. We found out we were pregnant at the end of October. And it was, it was incredible. And now we have this beautiful little boy that we never expected we'd have. And he is the most amazing thing. And um, I mean, it's just God, God completely redeemed what we thought was like the darkest thing ever, mm-hmm. what we wanted more than anything we would never have. And the difficulty that it, that we lived in going through that has now all been redeemed. Mm-hmm. And God has delivered us a son. And it's, it's just in- incredible to watch it's what so God beautiful. has done in our lives. Yeah. And, and, and in Amanda's life, particularly, it was very, very hard on mm. her during that season. And Definitely. now just the joy yeah. she feels being a mom every day. Th- those it's were it's such, the best thing ever. Those were such discouraging days because we prayed so often together. But you guys held strong. You held strong together and you kept looking for, okay, what does God want us to do? If we can't have a baby, what are we going to do? And I loved that because you guys really, um, really did show faithfulness and, and God redeemed and restored. And that's who he is. And last mm-hmm. fall, Dave, I loved this about you because I was so proud of you um, as my friend. You wrote the song that we're going to be listening to in a few minutes called Though I Walk. 
and it's on your latest mm-hmm. CD, and it's with your worship team from The Point, and, and the CD's called Come Alive. And the words to this song are so authentic and heartfelt and real. Um, what's behind the story of that? Well, you know, the psalmist, you know, David wrote that psalm that everybody knows, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, and, you know, um, that, it's so funny because that song is personal, yet I felt like that song was so much inspired by the church um, that I'm part of, and just kind of like as I was getting to know the lives of of the people that, that are coming to worship at, at our church every week, you know, people come from places where... I mean, it's just the world is a dark place, and people, even believers, like, there's darkness in our life and, and, and discouraging days, and, I mean, God never promised us it was going to be easy. And so um, sometimes when we call on the name of the Lord, uh, we have to wait for His response, and we want, we want that instant gratification. We want, that, we want Him to respond right now, but we have to wait. And so that first verse, when I call on your name, I will wait for your promises are true and you're powerful to save. And that was that. That's something I felt the church needed to sing. Um, it's so true. And, and stay together. Yeah. Absolutely. That, look, I will wait. Why? Mm-hmm. Because God, your promises are true. I mean, we have a son. That's he right. Fulfilled his promise. Yes, you know? he did. He did. In the chorus, though I walk through the valley of the shadows, there's no darkness that I fear. Where you lead, my steps will follow. Your love is always near. Like those words right there resonate deep within me, mm-hmm. and. Um, I believe that that song, one of the reasons why God did so much with that song for us is because it resonated so deeply with people in the local church. If you're just tuning in to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth, we're talking to songwriter and worship pastor Dave Herring from the Point Church in Charlottesville. Dave, what's one last thing that you would want our listeners to know in regards to your music? I think that, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't claim that, that, my, that the music we do is, uh, is, is meant for anything other than just the church. It's for the local church. It's not, it's not meant to, to, to really be anything outside of that. And, and I think that as people, if people want to dive into our music, I, I would hope that, that they resonate with it at a personal level and that they, they find solace in, in our songs through their church and declaring the truths of our songs um, together with other believers. See, we were never meant to do Christianity alone. A Christian without a church is an orphan. And so um, it would be my hope that as if any of your listeners uh, were to discover our music or just, you know, d- dive into some of our songs, which we always like to record our CDs live here at The Point because we want to capture the church singing them as well, mm-hmm. um, that they, they will find other believers um, to share those with and take part in their churches with those with as well. Great, Dave. You can find Dave's music at thepointworship.com. Thanks so much for being with us, and let's listen in to some more encouragement from Dave Herring with one of his latest songs that was featured by Song Discovery Music for worship leaders. It's called Though I Walk.
today I spent some time with a couple of friends. Well, friends isn't really the right term because that's very literal. Let me try again. I spent some time today with a couple of people I know from a book that I love, the Bible. I walked through the pages of a timeline of two men as they traveled dusty roads from long ago, their sandals covering miles and miles. Those friends, Paul and Silas. Walk with me through the story. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, we see Paul and Silas preaching the gospel. They went through what's now Turkey and crossed over Europe and preached at Philippi. But when they arrived, they cast a demon out of a young slave fortune teller. This made her owners angry because they could no longer make money on her. And they reported Paul and Silas to the authorities, claiming they were preaching against Roman practice. Stripped, beaten, and flogged, they were thrown into prison. At this point in the story, we both would have agreed that this was definitely trouble with a capital T. 
this was dealing with difficulties at its very best. What happened next? Scripture says that Paul and Silas dealt with difficulties. You see, difficulties make up everyday life. In the very worst place, in a very dismal circumstance, these apostles give us a chance at seeing how to be our best in the very worst of times. Here's what they did. Number one, they went to God through prayer and hymn singing. Number two, they were an example to others right next to them. Number three, they were calm. Number four, when an earthquake came and the prison doors were opened, they stayed put and witnessed to the jailer. Here's what I learned. I was reminded that everyone has difficulties, but through adversity, real life happens. Things get accomplished and we are strengthened. We find out who we are and what we're made of when the hard-hitting winds knock us down. Charles Spurgeon says trials teach us what we are. They dig up the soil and let us see what we're made of. Friends, isn't that so true? We find out that God is our healer, redeemer, restorer, rebuilder, and rewarder, and He never leaves us. I believe God allows the trials so we grow. The same Paul who suffered in the story tells us in 2 Corinthians, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Friend, today is a new day. I don't know what you're going through, but if you're living on planet Earth, chances are you're going through difficulties. Take them to God because He's powerful to save. Leave them with Him, remain calm, be an example, and by all means, learn from the path you're traveling so you can pass on your strength to the friend who needs you. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, for all of those tuning in, you see their troubles, you know their difficulties, you understand their pain, their grief, and yet, even though it feels like we're chained up in a cell, you came in with a strong earthquake to offer hope. Help us lean into you, help us to learn lessons and be courageous, and when we find help, offer that help to others. In Jesus' name, amen. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast right here at www.935kscr.com or sign up for the podcast podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth Your Best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Tune in next week at 6.30 p.m. on our station, KSCR 93.5 FM. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Yeah.